And when we're pregnant, our, our hormones are really high. So we have really high levels of estrogen, progesterone, and these are two steroid hormones that are really important for creating dopamine and serotonin neurotransmitters that kind of make us feel calm and happy. But then after we have a baby, these, these hormones really go down. Welcome to the Curious Neuron Podcast, parenting advice that is backed by science. My name is Cindy Huffington, and I'm the founder and your host. I have a doctorate degree in neuroscience, and I'm a mom of three. My goal is to bring you information from research that will help you parent your child. Whether you just had a baby or you have a teenager, Curious Neuron is here to answer your questions. Welcome to the Curious Neuron Podcast. My name is Cindy. I am your host and the founder of Curious Neuron, and I'm here with Marion, my co-host. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode on nutrition. I learned so much from that episode and, and have been changing how I eat. If you enjoyed that episode and are enjoying the Curious Neuron podcast, please take a moment to rate the podcast on iTunes. Um, leave a rating out of five stars and write a review and send me a DM on Instagram because if you leave me a review, I might just send you a little thank you. <laughs> the Curious Neuron podcast is supported by the Tenenbaum Open Science Institute at the Montreal Neurological Institute which is the first health science institution in the world to commit to open science. And to me, speaking with this community of parents is really what open science is. Today, we want to talk to you about mental health. Um, we're finishing off a month of mental health awareness. And I had the pleasure of speaking to a few parents, moms in particular, um, about their mental health and whether or not they have support. And I thought this would be a good chat between uh, Marion and I because... Perhaps you are somebody who just had a baby and or you had a baby a year ago or three years ago and you feel that something is off. And today's episode or the goal of today's episode is number one, so that you don't feel alone. And perhaps we should all start asking ourselves the question, you know, how am I doing today? Am I mentally well? You know, how's my mental health? Um, so I... Maybe I could start off by telling you, Marion, who I had uh, some conversations I had. Um, and it was from people, uh, there were two from the UK, some from, most from the States and some from here in Canada. And basically they were saying, the general consensus was that after you give birth, you have your six-week appointment at your OBGYN, you're physically okay, thank you, goodbye. <laughs> and then your baby gets, you know, these frequent um, visits to the, do to the doctors and you have a checklist. How are they doing? How if they're fine? All right, goodbye. <laughs> and they just feel that there should be some sort of milestone checklist along the way for moms, and I, I think even for dads, where we are at least being asked. And and some did say that their doctors asked um, how they were doing, but in general, they are not being asked how they're doing. Um, and one person said that she went to see. Um, a chiropractor or a, some sort of doctor for for her baby and they asked her how she was doing and she started crying because nobody had had asked her um what, what was your experience I guess um after giving birth and I'll talk about mine as well right yeah I think it's such an important thing to talk about and sometimes just a little bit of education before you're pregnant or now that you've had your baby or you you have kids at home to know that your your moods are going to change and they are affected by our, our hormones. And when we're pregnant, our, our hormones are really high. So we have really high levels of estrogen, progesterone, and these are 
to steroid hormones that are really important for creating dopamine and serotonin neurotransmitters that kind of make us feel calm and happy. But then after we have a baby, these, these hormones really go down and it's very common and normal to feel these baby blues mm. or to feel these feelings after having a baby. So I did know some of this um, based on just some of my education after having a baby. So I, I recognized that, oh yeah, these feelings after coming home, they're, they're, they're kind of normal. I was really, really high after having a baby. <laughs> I remember <laughs> coming home and just, I felt on top of the world for like two to three days. <laughs> I remember speaking to my supervisor at work. I was doing my, I was finishing my, my PhD. And so I was working on my thesis and she's like, so how are you? It was like day two. I think she sent me an email or something. I was like, oh, this is great. I, I've got everything under control. And then uh, she's like, okay. She's, she was a mother herself. She didn't say anything, but then by day four, I was like, oh my God, everything <laughs> just kind of, I really felt like there was a bit of a crash and I was embarrassed for telling her that I was so high on day, you know, right when I had the baby and that then everything kind of, you know, started <laughs> happening all at once, having the baby, not, not sleeping, hormones crashing. And so it is normal, but no, I didn't, when I went to see my doctor at six weeks, I didn't have, uh, a checkup until then. I had a nurse came, who came and helped with, with breastfeeding at, I don't know, day 10 or something. Mm -hmm. But between coming home and day 10, I had, I had nothing. I had my you know, input from some family, my mom and my mother-in-law who, who came and helped, but nothing really official, no, no health provider that, that came in and, and told me these things that I, I was going to experience probably some baby blues or, or anything like that. So I really think that it would help. And I think there's a lot of information out there now, and maybe things are, are getting better. My daughter's now 11. So this was, this was a while ago. I didn't have Instagram at the time. I had, I think Facebook was just, just starting. So I didn't have all that information. There was, it was out there if you wanted to look for it, but it wasn't um, as available, I would say. I, I also had the same experience where I, I wasn't asked about anything. I was lucky enough not to have gone through postpartum depression, but I'm pretty sure looking back, if they would have asked me about anxiety, <laughs> I think I would have fit all the criteria for that. And, you know, I think as a health system, we're part of our baby's health. <laughs> we're part of taking care of them, right? We are taking care of them. And I think that we need to, something needs to change in the sense that even just like a little checklist, like what's normal, what's not? Is it normal to check your baby's breath <laughs> or that they're sleeping, you know? <laughs> and part of it is, but if you're doing it in a way that you can't do anything else because you're so worried about it, there's like a, you know, that you're out of that gray zone sort of thing. Right. That reminds me of when I, one thing that I really appreciated when I was in the hospital, I can't remember with which kid, but um, one of the nurses was really, really great. And she, she talked to me and she said, what is your, what is your checklist when your, your daughter, or your son wakes up in the middle of the night and you can't get them mm. back to sleep or in the day they're just, they're, they're not, they're not consolable. They're crying, crying. You fed them. There's nothing you can do. And I remember thinking like, I don't know, like, what does that, I'm sure I'll figure something mm. out. But then when it actually happened, like she actually made me write it down. I think it was part of the, 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 yeah. the hospital system. I thought it was really stupid. She wouldn't <laughs> let me leave until I had like a check of three things written, yes. a list. Yeah. 
yeah. And so I was like, I, I guess I would check my email or I would call my mom or call a friend or, or leave the room. And so I, I wrote them down. It was like this physical um, process. And then when it actually happened, I, I, I remember saying to myself, yeah, this is, this is really hard because he is or she, I can't remember, he or she was inconsolable. I didn't know what to do. And you, you end up getting like, you're, you're overwhelmed. You get angry. For, yeah. You don't even realize it, but all of a sudden you're angry yeah. and, you know, go to sleep. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and yeah. it's true. that's the, the biggest risk is if you do something in that moment that you, you shake them or mm-hmm. you, you do something that you will regret. So you need this when you get to that that stage that you need to be able to calm yourself down and, and leave and realize that this is normal, that you, that you go into another room, they, your child would be okay. First, you have to calm yourself down yeah. and then you'll be able to better help your child. Yeah. And you're right. They did that with me too. And it's, it's sort of a game plan, right? And it happened yeah. to me with my, with my son, I think he, so every child was very different at night. One woke up very often. The other one woke up less often but longer periods and that seemed to affect me a little bit more where it was crying for an hour like let's say from four to five a.m and then at that point you just want to go back to bed and if it's happening every single night for a few weeks or a few months it was there where that sort of game plan helped because it was like okay what was part of my game plan and and I, i i agree with you that in the moment you're like this is ridiculous i just I will figure it out when I'm there, yeah. but you're not. I'll be yeah, fine. Exactly. Like it's very hard to picture yourself in that situation yeah. when you're not. Yeah. And having that sort of game plan where you literally wrote it down helps you say, okay, oh yeah, I remember what I wrote. I need to walk out of the room <laughs> because you do get mm-hmm. that urge to just say like, could you stop crying? Like, could you just go to bed? Like, yeah. and I think like naturally your body just says like this and it shakes. And if you know you, so you want to, and that was for shaken baby syndrome. I think that they were preventing that. And, and that's why they wanted us to write some thing down so that could be a good plan um before or right after giving birth and then like you said before there's so much out there now in terms of mental health however i think what helps is when somebody asks you right so if if you know part of i don't know today's homework i guess for everybody but if you know somebody who has just given birth or even just gave birth a year ago just asking people with young children or children in general how are you and We'll all say, okay, <laughs> I think that's our go-to. Yeah. And something I've been wanting, I've been working on changing the past year is even with my own husband, like he'll say like, are, are you okay? And I'll be like, yeah, yeah. You just kind of brush it off, but you know, like you're not well today. And now I force yeah. myself to say, I'm not mentally well today. And I might not have um, an understanding of it. Like, sometimes you're just off and you know you're off. Yeah. You know that you're child did something and it sent you off in the wrong direction or you over-exaggerated and when the day starts that way you're aware that it might not the day might not go the way you want it to go but just verbally saying it to somebody saying I'm not well today I'm overwhelmed or I don't even know why I'm feeling like this but I am kind of helps throughout the day I find right and I think that's really important is, is talking to someone about it and I think the thing is, sometimes you need to find the right people to talk to. Yeah. And it might not be the people who you expected it to be. It might not be your mom mm-hmm. or your or your your best friend. It might be someone who's a little more neutral, who doesn't necessarily know you that well. Yeah. It might be a psychologist. Yes. It might be someone yeah. outside of your, your direct circle of, of friends, because they're there to support you, but they might not necessarily have the tools to support you. So there's there's a difference between just venting and, yeah. and telling them what you what's going on, and then 
saying, oh yeah, I, I went through that too, which is good. But then also going the next step and saying, okay, like I've recognized my feelings, my behaviors. I want to change it. I want, I want to learn a tool that's going to, going to help me. And, yeah. and there, there are tools out there, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Maybe actually I'll, there's a website I wanted to bring up because I thought it was important for everyone to know. Um, it's called Postpartum Support International. And you can um, find them online at postpartum.net. And they have an Instagram account as well. And there's a free number, a helpline. It's 1-800-944-4773. Um, you can speak to somebody in English or in Spanish. And it's it's free. And you could, I think that they help you find resources for mental health if you need. Um, but it's all free. So you can speak to somebody at the other end of the line. Like you said, having that neutral person sometimes helps. Maybe we won't feel, we won't feel judged. We won't want to talk about it to a family member. Um, even within our home sometimes, you know, I've heard of some moms or dads explaining that they're not really opening up to the person that they're living with because they might not understand. Or even with fathers, postpartum anxiety and depression also affects dads. And because of certain gender, gender stereotypes or the way we were all brought up, they might not even speak about it. And they might, their depression or anxiety, just like in women, might look like distancing yourself or not caring, but it's not that. It's a mental mm -hmm. health issue. Um, so having somebody to speak to could help a lot. Right. Sometimes you don't recognize it in yourself and you need to talk about it and, and figure it out before you have that discussion with your husband or whoever. Yeah. You need to um, to figure it out and to, to figure out why you're feeling certain certain ways and what are the emotions that you're going through, what are normal, and, and how are you going to fix fix some of the things to make yourself feel better. Mm -hmm. With me, with my, my second pregnancy, I was overworked, <laughs> believe it or not. And... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and what happened is that I started um, having depression symptoms and I, I had a, an, an appointment with my OBGYN and he asked how everything was. And it was like the second time where I knew something was off mentally, but I just attributed to hormones and it'll pass sort of way of thinking, I guess. And I just broke down in his office. I'll never forget this moment of just for absolutely no. He was just like, OK, we're done. And then I just started crying, like hysterically crying. Yeah because I hadn't really opened up to anybody about it because I wasn't sure what was going on. And he just said like, you know, you need to make a decision right now. You know, do you want to keep working those types of hours during pregnancy or do you want to make sure your baby's health is going to be okay in your health? And, and he had set me up with an appointment for, with a psychiatrist because he said, you know, if this is depression, it could be just that you're, you're, you're overwhelmed and you're, there's, you're doing too much, but it can also be depression that can randomly start during pregnancy. And if you do have it, then it could lead to postpartum depression. Luckily for me, I stopped working completely the last couple of weeks of pregnancy and things rebalanced themselves. So it was the lack of sleep and the overworking and the stress. Um, but I wanted to bring this up because there might be some moms who are pregnant and just feel that they're off. And if you attribute it to just hormones, right, and it'll pass, it might not. If it's depression, if it's a clinical depression that starts during pregnancy, it could continue into postpartum. Um, and again, you could talk about it with somebody, but we some might need help, more help, might need a therapist, might, might, might need medication. Um, so I think it's really important that we identify you know, what's going on in our life. And if we can't function anymore, if we're just crying a lot, or if we're not motivated to do things anymore, having trouble getting out of bed, um, irritable. A lot of moms, especially postpartum, will talk about irritability and 
rage and not knowing where mm. it's coming from. And it, like you said at the beginning, it's all these shifts in hormones, but it doesn't mean that we have to wait it out. It, sometimes we need help, extra help. Right, yeah. for sure. You mentioned, we had a little chat before, and you mentioned a, a book that seemed pretty interesting and that might help us take a step forward to, to helping ourselves. So I was uh, at this really interesting seminar last week with the author, Ethan Cross. He's a psychologist and researcher, and he wrote a book called Chatter. And he was describing what chatter is, basically our inner voice, that that little voice that's happening when you're 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 talking inside your head and what he what I found was really interesting is he said that it could be a really negative thing mm-hmm. you could be overanalyzing things you could be you could be talking yourself into into having more anxiety but there's also the power you also have the power to to flip it so that your inner voice actually helps you it can provide um you know positive reinforcement mm-hmm. and you can actually bring yourself up rather than um, talking negative negatively to yourself. So I thought it was really interesting. And I, I hope that he will come on the on the podcast and it's more about this, this idea of inner chatter. I know personally now that, that now that I'm aware of it, I hear it. I hear my <laughs> I hear myself talk. And 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 so first I think it's important to recognize that you have this inner chatter and then try to use it for for good so that we can we can harness this 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 power basically and 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 help ourselves yeah you know and I think back to my own self-talk and just to to be open about what's going on right now in my life I I decided to see a therapist um to help with my anxiety because I I you know thinking back as a teenager I think I would have been diagnosed with anxiety at that point um I've never been diagnosed and I only started seeing a therapist recently um there's no diagnosis but it's very clear that I get anxious very easily and that talk is is I, I I know I know exactly what you're talking about because that it's it's like I say the negative self-talk because you could be stuck in a moment and instead of saying like you could do this sometimes you're like what the heck are you doing <laughs> or why are you doing it this way or you oh man you know you failed again or whatever it is but we tend to have that talk especially when it comes to our kids because we want what's best for them and then we're harder on ourselves because we do want what's best for them and um I'm excited to read that book and hopefully speak with him because you know I think that that's little things that we could change. And another, something else that comes up to mind when we're talking about mental health is we hear self-care a lot. And I, I've said it too, but self-care is not the spa <laughs> or only the spa. <laughs> you know, self-care comes down to loving ourselves and taking care of ourselves. And that means physically and mentally. And if that chatter is negative, like you said, then that's going to lead to self-esteem issues or confidence issues and if we fix that then that to me that's self-care working on these kinds of things for sure i think that that's a really important point Mm. and something that i've uh, come to realize is that self-care as a as a new mom or dad is is very different and so you could have a really great self-care program before you have children and think that once you have them you'll go right back to that and that's something that i've had to change and self-care looks so different. It's it's appreciating that there are these little things we can do. And I think you've talked about this a lot, is is appreciating these little these little things that we're doing for ourselves and and using that as as your reward. So one thing as a new mom, which I think is really important, or a few things that I, I've been thinking about is 
just the idea of nourishing your your body with micronutrients mm -hmm. and with fluids. So we talked last episode with Lily Nichols about how important it is to eat properly. And when we know that that is self-care, you're, you're feeding yourself, you're feeding your, your new baby and that that's self-care. Yeah. And it's not, it's not this idea like, oh, I wish I was uh, at the spa for the, for the day, or I wish I was alone, or I wish I was, <laughs> it's like, that's, it's probably not realistic. So coming up with real, like a set of really realistic expectations. And so once, once you've reached these goals, then your brain recognizes that you've reached a goal and that you get this little shot of, of dopamine, mm -hmm. this reward. Um, so it's like a, an internal reward. And so other things that I was thinking is just like, you know, taking your supplements in the mm -hmm. morning, and getting the appropriate amounts of rest, giving your, yourself the opportunity to, to rest when your kids are, <laughs> yeah. when, you're, when your child is sleeping. Yeah. I actually really, I, I'd be honest, I hated it when people would tell me that. Sleep when your baby sleeps. <laughs> Never happens. I just was like, I, do you know how many things I have yeah. to do? My baby's sleeping. I've got this list, yeah. this to-do list. And I, I realized now that that really, that that made a lot of sense. Sleep when your baby sleeps. The to-do list can wait. Your your mental health relies on getting catching up on some of that sleep. So if your baby had a really rough night, which will happen, and I think that's also something to appreciate that babies will go through phases and have rough nights. And and if you are up all night, your mood the next day is going to suffer. It's just no question. You're going to be tired. You're going to be irritable. You'll be you'll you'll need to catch up on that on that sleep. So resting. I used to think it was kind of lazy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I was going to bring that up. Uh, I've changed my view on yeah. that. It's sleep is important. It's restorative. It's going to help you the next day. It's going to help you get through the, the next night. <laughs> you are definitely not lazy. <laughs> and I had the same mentality too. It's like, okay, you need to clean your house. You need to cook a nice meal or whatever. And you have a newborn baby. It's, yeah. I, I think going back, that's one of the things I wish I would have allowed myself to do a little bit more because there was nothing wrong with it. But in that moment, you're just always looking towards being perfect in some way for for whatever reason but i've learned now three kids later <laughs> that perfection is not about that it's just about taking care um, i also want to bring up um, postpartum anxiety because with the moms that i was speaking with um, this week um, a few of them said that they weren't even aware that you could have postpartum anxiety because the focus is on depression when you know through social media or through teaching you know like with social media or the healthcare system um but sometimes and i think we just we touched upon it before but you could be worried you know and check your baby and make sure that they're breathing or you could be worried that your baby gets hurt or and there's a point where it's okay but then if it's stopping you from going outside or if it's stopping you from going to the grocery store because you're afraid of something if it's stopping you from driving in the car with your child if some functioning of your daily life has changed, then that's a sign that you should speak to somebody. Um, or if you just feel like you're not yourself and you're irritable and it's affecting relationships, uh, or, you know, with your spouse or your friends or family members, um, it's really important um, to take care of any mental health issues that are happening after giving birth because this could impact how we attach with the baby and how we respond to our baby. Um, so including... Um, uh, anxiety. And I wanted to bring up a book that I have called Mind Over Mother. It's by Anna Mather. She has an Instagram account. Um, it's Anna, A-N-N-A, Mather, M-A-T-H-U-R. And she provides so many tools for uh, mothers who experience anxiety after giving birth. And what I like about her book is she has some 
stories from mothers um, that so you don't you don't feel alone and you say yeah I could relate to this particular story and then she'll give tips of things that we could do she'll describe all the symptoms of mental health not just anxiety but what depression looks like with what OCD looks like in terms of the symptoms she'll um, she suggests that we have a journal and she'll give us some writing points so that we could um, for me I started doing that this year and I find that it really helps Um, when you write things down, you know, just like we did, you know, after giving birth, when you write things down, it's almost like you have a plan. It's something physical. Um, so I really recommend this book for a, a mom who um, wants to, you know, understand what's going on and perhaps try little things out. And quickly, I want to touch on dads because um, I was reading this article that said 10.4% of men experience postpartum depression, which is Um, very high compared to the general population or in, of men who will experience it at 4.8% apparently, according to this study. Um, and it's poorly recognized in men and underreported. And they were also saying, I, I think the percentage was like 80% of men will only, uh, will refuse to seek um, help uh, from the medical system unless they're pushed by their partner. Um, and I believe that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I just think that if, if the woman is, if the, Part, both partners are aware of their mental health and, and open the communication around it and don't feel judged and feel that they can open up, then perhaps you can get help a little faster, which is important. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure with the with COVID-19 yeah. and all the information and lack of information that people have, so we're a little uncertain as to what COVID would look like in, in a baby. So I, I could imagine if someone had a new baby right now that they would be very scared and that they wouldn't know, should I take my child out? Should I, should I really shelter yeah. them? And that can be a problem too, because, well, for one, we know that even if you are a bit nervous about COVID-19, that you still bring your child outdoors, that we know that there's so many benefits of getting your kid outdoors and, especially early on in development or developing our eyes. We talked about that in, the, in previous episodes, but our eyes are part of the brain. Mm -hmm. And so the, the eyes, when they we go outside, it signals to the brain what time it is and it helps set our circadian rhythms. Mm -hmm. And these things are, are so important to a developing baby. And we don't want to be scared. We don't want to be keeping our children hidden from the world that we have to take them out. And if we are experiencing this type of that we're we're nervous to see other people you know we just want to protect our baby because i think that's often the, the feeling we have we want we want to protect them we want to keep them safe and if the world seems scary we better keep them indoors but mm -hmm. we want to change that narrative we want to make sure he's getting outdoors and it's for our for our health and for our mental health so it's important that we if you are having some anxiety about going outside and seeing people now where we're able to see people that you still are uncertain about, about the health consequences of, of this um, pandemic or of COVID-19 that you recognize that it is important to get your baby out and that if it takes some time, you will get there. Mm -hmm. So at first you may be anxious, you may be feeling these feelings, but it's okay. Feel the feelings, mm -hmm. but bear in mind that The goal is to, to get back outside. Yeah, that sense of community for us, you know, just speaking to other people. I, I think sometimes <laughs> I, I think back at, at the, when spring started and everybody was outside here in the neighborhood and it was just like everybody's chatting with each other. <laughs> We hadn't seen people all yeah. winter, you know, like so even, especially after giving birth, when you there there is that feeling of loneliness, you're, you're not working anymore, you're not seeing colleagues. And now with 
with COVID, you're, it was even more isolating, you know, so it's important that we do um, speak to others as well. Um, I, I, I hope this episode, um, you know, I, I hope the take home for you was to start taking care of your mental health and to ask yourself the daily question, how am I doing today? Um, and also to realize that we need to open up a little bit more, I hope, about how we're feeling mentally um, and that it's okay to not be okay. I know I've, I've read that and I, I've probably said it a million times, but it really is okay not to be okay. It's not a failure. It's not that you're weak. It's not, I mean, if we open up a little bit more, there was a mom who said that to me this week and she said, I'm comfortable saying that I had these thoughts, you know, she had thoughts to hurt her child and, but she hadn't realized that it was depression. And it's not that you want to do that after giving birth. It's, that your brain, the hormones and the chemicals, it's it's changed and you need help to rebalance everything. And she did that. And, you know, I hope that there are parents that realize it's, it's important for us to take care of ourselves that way. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have a moment, please rate the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. It really helps. And you can follow um, Curious Neuron at, on Instagram at Curious underscore Neuron. Or if you want to follow the podcast, you can follow it at Curious Neuron Podcast on Instagram as well. If you have a question or there's a topic you'd like us to cover, you can visit our website at CuriousNeuron.com or email me at info at CuriousNeuron.com. I look forward to chatting with you guys next time. Bye. Bye.